and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah? Right, yeah. That is Hobo with a shotgun. It's, it's batshit crazy. I, I knew it. I knew you'd like it. It is the most, one of the most schizophrenic, like, movies I've seen in so long. It's like, it doesn't have, like, the only, the only consistency it has is the fact that it's, it's batshit crazy. Because <laughs> there's lots of, like, inconsistencies going, like, going on all the time. It's like, it, sometimes it, like, it's like it, it can't decide what it wants to be. But then other times it's like, it's going to do this, it's going to be crazy. So that's what I'm going to be. It's like. going to do this shit. <laughs> then we're going to do this shit. And then we're going to be nice for a while. And then we're just going to be fucking, let, let's have, uh, I think the topless, topless, like mutilated pinata shit. So I want the top. And, yeah. All right. So yeah, that is Hobo with a shotgun. And I think we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. where one man's trash is another man's torture. And this torture is usually done by my victim, <laughs> Edward Harvey, in this case. Hello. And I am your host and considerably the inflictor of pain, Johan Chapal. The inflictor of pain. I <laughs> love that. I'm so glad that you did when I When I heard the opening for the first time when you did that, I thought that was... So good. For some reason, I've got this knack of being able to do the trailer guy voice. And, like, my girlfriend, Sophie, is like, why can you do that voice? It's so weird that you can do it. It's like an outer body experience. Because yeah, it doesn't sound like you <laughs> at all. It sounds like someone else completely. It's so awesome. <laughs> but- yeah, I just discovered one day I could do the, 
one man voice <laughs> just really well. And obviously when you record it well and you've got, you're really close to the microphone, it, if you can do that tone, it's yeah. going to sound even better, like, on the mic, you know. It like. sounds so perfect and it's <laughs> ideal for this kind of show. So, yeah, um, as people who've maybe tuned in for the very first time, welcome. Uh, this show is where I, Johan Chapal, basically go through piles upon piles of trashy movies and inflict them onto my friend over here who I literally go over to his house get some snacks and just barrage him with whatever I find that week yeah. uh, and I I haven't seen this I mean there's some trashy movies I've seen but there's there's a lot I haven't and uh, Johan has just seen them all <laughs> I've seen a lot of them there's still some I haven't but I'm discovering new ones every yeah. single day the moment I've started this podcast I'm now finding new ones I haven't heard of before and some of these are like wow and just the research on this is actually becoming more enticing every single yeah. day I want to find the weirdest stuff so I'm actually hoping that maybe if this all kicks off that maybe some of the fans out there can start suggesting a couple of these because yeah, I, I feel like we could be doing this for centuries and I doubt we'll still cover every single rubbish trashy movie like yeah, you've you've uh, wrote out a list haven't you of yeah. like possible episodes and it's so long already isn't it like every time i, I find you want to add it on at the minute we're about 120 yeah. like my god I, we could be here for we're never going to be scratching our heads saying well what shall we watch i'll just go through the list and it's like a cartoon list it feels like you drop it and it just tumbles <laughs> all the way down to the other side of the room yeah <laughs> so, as the second episode, I did kind of tease at the end of the first one after we did Troll 2, which was a corker to start off with. Um, that I was going to end up, we're going to go something gory next. Yeah. And so, the one I decided to go is the one which I think is the most batshit crazy of all the gory films I think out there in a while, and that is a Hobo with a Shotgun. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. You may not like me. As we usual now, we're gonna uh, let's talk a little bit about Hobo with a Shotgun in terms of how what it is and how it got started. Because mm. there's a good interesting backstory. The good thing about loads of trashy movies and the production of these kind of movies is that there's always an interesting backstory behind it. Mm. So I'll go for a few of them. Hobo with a Shotgun was a is, is a movie done in 2011. Um, it is a Canadian movie, which you think, like, what the heck? And it's done, directed by Jason Eisner. Before then, he didn't really direct a lot of movies. He basically was doing short films and stuff like that until mm. he won a competition. Now, the competition is the Grindhouse competition. All so, right. do you know when Grindhouse came out and it had yeah. all the fake trailers? Mm. There was a competition by in South by Southwest where it said, like, we want you to add a make a trailer, make a trailer for it, and that trailer was Hobo with a shotgun. Yeah, and that won, which means that in certain places in Canada and a few other theaters, that trailer was played in between all the other trailers, mm. and that got so popular that they loved it. They absolutely loved it. They adored it to the point they're like, "Let's make it." So basically, it was through a competition that got ah. this movie to be made, which is flipping great. You know, um, the original movie didn't. The original trailer did not have the, our, our star because <laughs> I don't think they could afford him at the time. Although we don't know because um, I have to look into how much he's got into it. It was starring um, originally who played the hobo. Uh, do you know the crazy ass cop? 
the one who's like yeah. say like we're all bad cops here yeah <laughs> yeah that was a hobo originally right and then just in the trailer in yeah. the trailer in the yeah. fake trailer and then they just built it up and suddenly now our trailer's is Rudger Hauer yeah because you got to when you when you do a feature and you want to get any kind of return on it you got to have someone known haven't you as the lead like, someone yeah yeah I'd I, be honest before this uh I everyone knows Rud, anyone who's a big fan of like films know Rudger Hauer is is famous much mostly for uh for Blade Runner um but and yeah. he's done bits in between he's done other things but that's like his key moment one so, of my favorites is the hitcher i love the hitcher yeah oh the hitcher's pretty good yeah mm. i remember the hitcher yeah. but you notice how from that point you're like when now he's back in this movie not looking at all like him at mm. all you're sitting there going what happened oh my god there he is that is Rutger Hauer. My God, <laughs> what has he done? What has he done since? This is the thing. Um, I'll, I'll probably look it up later, but I don't know how much he's done. Mm. But you know, this is being like that's the guy <laughs> like... from Blade Runner to now a homeless guy with a shotgun. Yeah, it's like oh shit, I maybe may as well just retire now. I don't want to I'm do done. any more damage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Maybe this is partly a documentary. They just found him like this. So, you know, can we make a movie about it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Rutger Hauer is such a pro, though. He oh. would embrace anything. If, like, if this is his role, mm. he was go- he's going to do it like the best of his ability. Like, and he's just going to nail it. You know? And he's <laughs> nailing it right now. My God, he's... Look. Look at all his faces. The, the man, he looks like a man who's seen shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like, we have not heard a peep from him. And he doesn't even look, he doesn't look a thing like the sexy android no. that we know and love. Yeah, because the thing is, like, his character in Blade Runner, he's so, like, charismatic that you kind of root for him mm. uh, and you understand him. And, and it's, it's, mm. um, uh, it's 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 a confusing movie in in that respect because it's like you are really empathising with with the villain, aren't you? I don't want to talk too much about Blade Runner, but it has got the connection because the because he's so obviously there. Yeah, but no, no, I I I love his character more than Harrison Ford's character in that movie. Like, yeah, because because yeah. he, he actually it's he's one of those kind of it's so well written and almost at a point you're sitting there going like, do you know when the bad guy like in most movies or even anything, you know when the bad guy's talking and you're saying like. You're almost like, he makes perfect sense. I get what he's doing. I get mm. his motivation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was one of them. And then you get that in your head. And this is kind of a thing. For anyone who's a big fan of like any of his Rutger Hauer's work, and then you see this, shed anything you know about him at all. <laughs> the thing is, though, because of the, the, the time it came out, like all these millennial kids that pro- might, might have not seen Blade Runner, just imagine if they saw this before all the quality stuff that he's yeah. doing. And they'd be like, well, it'd be so weird for him. It's like one of my mates saw, in the, in the back in the day, mm. one of my mates saw Lethal Weapon, uh, is it, is it, which one's the one with Joe Pesci? Three. Three, yeah. He saw Lethal Weapon 3 before, like, Goodfellas or something <laughs> like that. So it's <laughs> like, he remember No, and that, and also... Like Home Alone, he'd saw before. Yeah. You saw Joe Pesci in, in his original kind of like p- 
form yeah, where yeah. he'd be like a bad, like a terrifying gangster. Oh and like, God. just imagine seeing it the way around. So you mm. see like Rutger Hauer in this movie before you see Blade Runner hit you. And it's like, you'd think that's your opinion then, set in stone of Rutger Hauer. And then you go back and go like, oh, he's just the homeless guy. And they're like, no, he's so not the homeless guy. Oh my God. It's, that's basically what I love about this is like his, he is, he's basically the central force of this movie and he does, he's so good in this, but he's good in a way that you never even thought he could do. Like, it's not like, this is not like top ace acting. What he does do is embrace this complete batshitness 100%. You can kind of see, kind of see at times, like a combination of both. I'm not sure if you thought the same way, but half of this I felt like he's very into it. And he's he's enjoying the hell out of it, but then sometimes he looks very tired. Yeah, <laughs> and surprised that he's doing this. But what what's so like amazing is the fact that he plays the role so straight. Like mm. he's he's not at any point like hamming it up. He's like he plays it really straight, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, <laughs> and I think that what adds to the comedy, well, yeah. the dark comedy to this, basically mm. that every time he says something, he's not doing it tongue in cheek. He's not looking to the camera. He's not doing that. He's saying it like it's almost Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> and it is awesome. You vultures circle this city, tearing off the flesh from everything that is innocent. <laughs> Please don't shoot me. I didn't even hurt her. I want you out of the city. You and your grave rubbing friends. Spread the word. <laughs> no! The best way to describe the plot of this movie is actually looking at the back of the DVD. Yeah. And I'm just going to read this out. Because probably the best way I could describe this. Should also mention the cover art is gorgeous. Really it, good. Look at the poster for this. <laughs> yeah. it, it looks like literally like like an old 1980s sort of stained poster has been left in the back of yeah. like a theatre for years. It's properly a grindhouse thing. They've embraced the grindhouse-ness of this 100%. Mm. When an ageing hobo, played by Howard, jumps onto a freight train in a new city hoping for a fresh start he soon realizes he has well and truly reached the end of the line he finds himself trapped in an urban hell an archaic world overrun by murderers rapists petty crooks and corrupt cops now it's up to him to clean up the streets the only way he knows how with a 20 gauge shotgun in his hand and two rounds in the chamber with the city's evil crime boss standing in his way, will the hobo's own brand of justice prevail? That's the thing. He had a far, a far amount of um, ammunition, not just two shells. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had like $50, right, to pay for this shotgun. How do you pay for all the ammunition? I don't know where he's getting all the ammo. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck he's getting all the ammo. I think the moment we start going there, it's like, what the fuck? I think... Maybe maybe our shotguns like uh, Lara Croft's like infant pistols. Yeah, it's just I've got all the ammo, baby. <laughs> right, we have to go. We have to go back to the roots then. So he comes in at the very beginning. He comes in on the freight train at the very beginning of the movie, mm. and we the your reaction to it the first time around was amazing because it literally was like, oh my god, this is so colourful. <laughs> that's the first thing you're going to notice when you watch this movie. It is very colourful. And I'm not talking like, you know, ooh, it's more like there's whole rooms that are blue. 
There's whole rooms that are yellow. There are whole rooms that are pink and red and yeah. like who's ever like the like the design of the like of, of of the film and the lighting must have had a whale of a time mm. saying i want everything to be neon i want everything to be fluorescent and to glow yeah ah it is very fucking pretty <laughs> the color grade is so bright it, th- i knew that would be the first thing you'd notice <laughs> it is the most ridiculous... You'll figure out the rest of the movie. It is the most overly saturated film mm. I have ever seen. I mean, that red is like the most red car I've ever seen. <laughs> you think it is actually technical or it's just made to look like it? I think it... Ah, well, that is as bright as you can get, so... <laughs> God, that was nasty. <laughs> Do you remember when we talked about how saturated this movie is? A half half the corner of a road is green. <laughs> Look at that. It's so a, much smoke. Ah, <laughs> oh, like this clearly has a ventilation problem, whatever this place is. But my God. Well, what I love about the movie is it doesn't exactly ease you in, does it? <laughs> like the first scene is probably one of those memorable scenes in the movie because, like, I just love the way it opens with the whole sort of this crazy thing is happening and this, like, this this they're after this, like, guy that's done something to them, I don't know, whatever, but the, these... these that you you introduce to these, like, uh, gangsters. Yeah. That, uh, which the main one is, like... Look in a Scarface suit. It, there's lots of cliches going on. It, oh, but totally. It, but and then you've got this uh, victim that's just caught up in this like manhole cover. The, the manhole. Okay, we have to start all this quickly. The manhole death is the most unique thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. So this guy, you first see this guy who happens to end up being the bad guys, whose name is Drake, who looks you know Scarface kind of yeah. guy. And we're not talking like Al Pacino Scarface here. We're talking 1950s kind of yeah. proper mobster kind of thing. And so the guy, so he basically's got this manhole around his head. This guy who happens to end up being his brother. So if that what he does to family members, yeah, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And so they come in, and <clears throat> he does this thing with the manhole. Where he's got a manhole around his head, they throw him into a ma- into a manhole cover, and then just just decapitate him like yeah. right there and then, and that is literally in the first ten minutes. So this, like I said, this movie doesn't ease you in at all. It's not like a first date. No. This is more like a really rough and ready one night stand. But it it sets its tone so quickly because it's like not only does you know a creative decapitation happen with like barbed wire around a head. Man trapped in a manhole cover. It's like the 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 woman that's with them just ends up like dancing in like sort of <laughs> ba- a bikini hole. in the blood that's shooting out of the the decapitated like hole. It literally is like randomly this woman just walks out of fucking nowhere and just goes like, "Hey, blood!" starts dancing in it, like swimming in it. Going, so. And- Immediately when you see that, you think, "Okay, I, I know what I'm in for now. This is just going to be, uh, going to be, like you say, batshit crazy from the off." And there's no, it's not, nothing's going to stop it. It's just going to be insane. Fucking miracle, because I am going to make a great 
Oh, yes! Here we go! Oh, that's nasty! Oh my god! That... Okay. The head decapitation thing is awesome, right? I don't get the blood hooker though. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's like, it's purposely ridiculous. Oh. But she's like, once she's all in white, she walks in and she's like, I'm just gonna dance. <laughs> But this is just like, um, you know, a parody of like, in a lot of like 70s and 80s action movies. Yeah. The, the villains were ridiculously violent, like, in, like mm. elaborate as well. Like, a, a display of like, I'm going to be so violent now and do this. And <laughs> yeah, and this is exactly what that is. But I have never seen something that creative before. <laughs> like, that's kind of ingenious. Just. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I just think that's all fine until the blood hook again. <laughs> it's like uh, in in Total Recall when uh, Arnie breaks out of the his restraints. Oh yeah. Jabs what what like a pole in someone's face. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> and then an axe and like so oh. violent. Oh my god, it was awesome. And we don't get that. We don't get that much anymore of this. So it's kind of nice when when a movie wants to do a bring that back kind of thing. It kind of tells you, like, if you can endure what happened in the first 10 minutes, you're going to like the rest of it. Yeah. If you don't like anything like that, it literally tells you to switch it off almost. It tells yeah. you, like, nah, you, you can't handle the rest if you think that is it, because that's tame. Well, interesting thing I want to add. I didn't tell you about this. I was saving it for the podcast. I I've, I have seen a bit of this movie before mm. uh, when it came onto Netflix first time round. And I was one of those people when the first time I watched this, I saw the opening scene and I didn't didn't know anything about the movie at that particular yeah. point. I didn't know what it was about and what, what it was kind of like. There was no build up, basically, of like okay. me, people me, uh, telling me about it and thinking that you got to you got to stick to it. I yeah. just put it on, saw that and I thought, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I just thought, no, you know what? I'm going to turn it off because like in the in the now we're in the day of like in, in streaming. You don't have to commit to a movie if, yeah. you, if you get if you're not in the mood for it that particular time. You just turn it off. And I was one of those people, like you said, that I, I just I, I saw that scene and I was like, Nah, you know what? I'm not in the mood for this. So I'm going to turn it off. So that's all I've seen that, that at that opening scene. Awesome. So does that mean then that have now that you sat down with me, like sent me forced to watch the rest of this movie, um, have I swayed you now? Uh, yeah, I, I, I am glad that I watched it all now uh, <laughs> because there are some great bits that I wouldn't have seen if, you know, if I hadn't stuck to it. And like, in the yeah, there's just some awesome things that are introduced later on that, you know, if you do commit to it, you, you get to see those bits. So it's like... Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and they are really, really awesome. So he goes in on the freight train and he arrives and he goes into the town and... The city itself is literally... The you, you, first reaction is everything's gone to shit and it's just been a few minutes. Mm. So there's the... You get to actually meet all the mini antagonists, like all the side quests, like it was like in a, like in a video game. All the bad guys that you kind of get to meet along the way. Yeah. Um, there's quite a few of them. Um, we can go through some of them now. Um, so one was... My personal favourite is the uh, pedophile Santa. <laughs> so you introduce a pedophile Santa... 
who is uh, the first time we introduced him, he's driving a car, laughing maniacally, like ah, ha, 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 ha. and there's literally a kid in the back of the back of the car going, help, help, help. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, like we were saying while we were watching it. If this movie wasn't so cartoon like, it yeah. would be just be very offensive and not it wouldn't it wouldn't nail it at all. It would be it'd be like you'd just turn it off straight away, wouldn't you? Like or every time. It's there are like, moments where you're thinking like this could I'm this I'm su- I'm surprised I'm still going with this. Yeah. Because this really does push the bar in some of them. <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah, that was a pedophile Santa taking a kid away in a car. This is what this town is. <laughs> God. It's like if you're, if you're a vigilante, you're like, you'd be like, well, where do I start? Freaking hell. <laughs> it's like, there's, like, you know, like, what's your first kill? What's the first thing you do? It's like, eh, fucking just turn left and you get something. So one of the first steps he does is, oh, okay. So the first step after that, he goes to the arcade, mm. which again you can see how it starts topping up. So he goes to the arcade, and a lot of stuff is made to noticing as well. It's like it's very fucking eighties, yeah. Like all of its influential eighties, like every like arcade machines, um, like uh, the guy, the the bad the two the two brothers, uh, what, what the bloody hell were their names? Um, Ivan and Slick, yeah. They just look like they're cliche eighties like goons, aren't they? Like proper with the, with the Ray Ban sunglasses, the baseball ja- Letterman jacket type things they've got on, like <laughs> jock, you know, jock jackets, aren't they? Proper like, jock jackets, yeah. and they're coming round and doing that kind of stuff. Look, they've got the swagger. You've got Slick, who is like the sort of the pervert, and you've got Ivan, who is just—I think he's my favourite. He's the one who's going woo a lot and looks like he's constantly on coke. Mm. Oh, it's so 80s and I love all the nods to the 80s-ness like the VHS tapes like random random bits that you think might be a thing in this world but they're not mm. like no one uses like all the mobile phones are like really 80s mobile phones mm. like or you though they use pay phones instead of mobiles is it supposed to be set in the 80s or is it just like homaging the 80s like? I think it's homaging it yeah. because it feels because there are moments where you think, "Oh, it's quite contemporary," but it's not. It, the best way to describe it, it's not eighties enough to be eighties, mm. but it's not modern enough to be nowadays. So it's like an alter universe because not every not everyone's dressed incredibly eighties, or they're not showing like big hair, sunglasses, it's shoulder just pads. The bad guys, really, that are incredibly eighties, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, and you know, like. Yeah, there are some bits, like, for example, the guy who's a filmmaker, like, the crazy-ass, like, hobo filmmaker, he's using this old sort of, like, VHS tape sort of thing, and mm. all the phones are mobile, all the mobile phones are the big bricks, yeah, and shit like that, but um, there's all these little homages that way, but you can't, there's no time period, it doesn't seem like it's, like, set in a time, it's mm. just say, like, everything's 80s. The thing is, by this point... Loads of stuff happens. So Rutger Howard goes into the arcade, and within three minutes, there's like four deaths in three minutes. Yeah. So again, if you're not seeing it coming, there's a lot of it. So got a guy's. Oh, what was it? I'm trying. Here's the thing. I, I, I should have made notes. Yeah, because there's so many, isn't there? I think this is something we need to talk about in general. Like, there's so much death in this. I think maybe just talk about the ones we remember the most, like, like the highlight deaths. <laughs> <laughs> God, there is a show reel. 
of all these deaths. Um, so, first of all, you then got the teenager who's basically way wanting cocaine. Mm. And he gets his arm, like, broken in half by... by, by... Joystick. <laughs> the arcade. <laughs> God! It went... It goes, like, say... It's like, oh, do you want to play? <laughs> yeah. Just fucking breaks it in half. Like, it was... And it was so easy as well how he did it. Just like... Yeah. Bam! Mm. Um, so that one is... Uh, there's, um, there's like, the bumper cars... Where the guy, where a random guy, literally a lot of random guys out of nowhere, he's got that his head gets exploded, popped like a zit. Yeah, with two of these like. Um, That's the thing that the bad guys are so kind of like lawless that they just seem to like uh, for pleasure just destroy people. <laughs> it just do. There is no remorse out of these guys, which kind of makes it adds to the whole cartoonish stuff because mm. if there was anything, if even if there was no sign of remorse, but everything was realistic. You'd think like this is actually getting really uncomfortable, mm. but because it happens literally every few minutes, yeah. Like after that head popping scene, a guy's foot gets exploded with a with a mallet, and then arm gets broken, and then everyone's jumping into the pile of cocaine. Where <laughs> get, guy gets his head shoved into the cocaine and goes. <laughs> <laughs> It's just nuts. Okay. It reminds me actually as well of like, you know, sort of uh, crazy computer games where the bad guys are just like cartoon like and kind of like, mm. uh, and you don't really know much about them other than other than the fact that they're monsters and they kind of just just want to kill people. It's like um, it, yeah, it, these are the best way to describe it. They're like streets of rage villains. Yeah. Yeah. Like, totally- like extreme versions of that, like it, like uh, Streets of Rage with like an R rating kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> like you imagine this. So like you see, like you see later on, like they're coming in, like on the side, about to come in, dropping a quarter. They go ready to punch, and just instead of like just punching you, they just take out a machete and just chop off your head because yeah. that's what they do. It's but they do. They did remind me of that, you know, mm. like beat them up villains. <laughs> they, they, yeah, because they're so unrealistic, and yeah. I think. This is the reason why I, I enjoyed it, is because it is unrealistic. Um, but even us, who love gore, who love, like, extreme stupid gore and ridiculous stuff, I think by the end of this movie, I think we had enough. Yeah. Like, we had I, our fill. I definitely I wanted to add the point that I only really like gore when it's it's fake and silly like this. Yeah. I, 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 you know, when a movie's like actually looks realistic when it's, it's just disgusting. Mm. When it's like um, uh, realistic gore makes me feel very uncomfortable and I don't really tend to watch many. Like, it's, it's like I never got the whole torture porn genre and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that kind of stuff. I, I, I do like gore if it's ridiculous like this. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's just. I mean, what 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 do you think about like? Do you like realistic gore? Or thing is, I like gore in general because mm. I think uh, the idea of gore is that you want a reaction out of it. Like even watching this and it's cartoonish, mm. I still winced. Yeah, like I winced a lot. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> like anything gory, I'm just like ah, ah ugh, I don't like it, but I, I love it really. Yeah. Uh, even even when it's real, even if it's more realistic, I'm more terrified. Yeah, but I love the fact that it's done well. Mm. Right, if gore's done well. I'm a big fan. If gore's done terribly, I just laugh at it and it's like, well, what's the point of that? You know, like, whatever. It, it's So if it's over the top, I have a good time with it. If it is realistic, 
and it makes me genuinely uncomfortable, mm. then it's done its job and I'm happy with it. So I'm happy with gore. I just think like it needs to be done with the right amount. Yeah. Like you need to, you could, if you had realistic gore and the whole movie was realistic gore, I would be switching it off in about 15 minutes because mm. it's just, it's, it's too much. Right. If with this being so cartoony, there were literally five deaths in about 10 to 15 minutes. Mm. So by that point, you're, yeah, get your seatbelt on. Oh! Like a balloon! What's so, like, sort of grim about this movie yeah. is of how cheap it looks. It just looks very cheap. That, that looked like a watermelon just being popped. Oh, it's nasty. It's already been a minute and already a man's head gets blown off and a person's lost a foot. Now that's now that's a gore level I wouldn't expect coming. Oh sweet Jesus. Yeah, because cocaine does that to you instantly. <laughs> Hey, all that pain, just gone, just, gone. Oh, God, you know how you just literally broke your arm. Fuck that, just smother yourself in cocaine. All this, he goes and sees all this stuff in the um, in the arcade, and this is where we're first introduced to Abby, who yeah. is the the hooker with a heart of gold, yeah, which is the uh, another stereotypical sort of point there. Um, I actually think that she's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, yeah, I think she is really really good in general but the fact that her character is just she's a hooker but she's uh but she's so sweet and she's the only sort of at the uh, well at the beginning anyway the the only normal person in this town mm. because everyone else is fucking batshit yeah that it's nice when i can see her and go like oh finally a, a regular human being good yeah, girl it's weird to begin with though you don't know how to feel about her to begin with because she because she's uh you know, a hooker, and she she's sort of like just wants wants to get sort of like her money off off that the the horrible guy you're introduced yeah, slick, to, slick, like, slick, yeah. And because she's sort of like doesn't mind sleeping with him. At first, you're thinking like, I know you're a prostitute and stuff, but like, I don't know how I feel about you if you, you're gonna just go with that guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's like so your taste kind of dropped, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> And I know that she's just like making a living or mm. whatever, but uh, it, it just at that particular point in the film, you're thinking, "Well, I don't know whether I like you yet," you know, mm. like. So. But that's the thing is, is like this is her character, so like, oh, she's just doing this for the money. But then mm. later on, we realise her yeah. real goals and and so on. So this is the thing, like for someone who's supposed to be like a very shallow character, she's the one that actually got feels like she's got more of an arc, mm. while everyone else is kind of just 
flatline, cartoonish, two-dimensional, crazy-ass shit. Um, Since Rutger Hauer sees this, and he has... The one thing I love about this, Rutger Hauer has all the amazing looks. Yeah. He stares at them all the time, and when he's staring at something, he looks like he's seen death. Mm. (laughs) It's like he's seen shit. It's like in Vietnam flashbacks. And he can just do that with (laughs) looks. (laughs) Mm. You know, that's that's how, how much of a great actor he is. He can he can tell stories with just an expression in his face, you know. Like he raises an eyebrow, and suddenly he tells you so much. Yeah. <laughs> so he he sees this happening, and stops Slick, and mm. takes him to the police station. And this is when we realize that everyone's involved, not just like the bad guys, but everyone's basically corrupt. Like like I was mentioning, we have the corrupt cop, the corrupt cop. Yeah. who they're having a conversation with at the beginning. It looks like they're having some kind of conspiracy theory sort of chat. Um, and then it just I didn't realise, no, everyone is in on it. Oh, my God. And so it's-, it's quite quickly that turns is great. Because, like, the, 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 the first I was like, this is a bit weird. Like, the cop's really old for a start. Is it odd? It's like a million. <laughs> and then, like, at first he's just, like, saying stuff like, yeah, I, I agree with you, mate. You know, it's like, it's, it's like in the little- town's, like, fucked and I wish I could do something about it. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, but I'm bad too. Ah. <laughs> oh, you get down on the ground, motherfucker. Look, if I'm being honest, I can't argue with anything you say. Crime in this city has become an embarrassment. I've been suspecting that some of my boys are working with Drake. Can't see things getting this much out of hand unless some of my officers are giving that maniac a free reign. So thank God for honest people like yourself. You better get those officers and send them packing. You can start this whole operation all over again. Between you and me, I'd love to bring the wrecking ball down on Drake. He might as well be king around here. King's fall. You ought to read a history book, Jake. I gave you this little brass to put him away for life. Well, we're certainly going to see what we can do about that. By the way, did anybody officially welcome you to town yet? I never do. Well... Welcome to Fucktown! And, that means that, and then the two brothers just storm in and just the first thing he does they get a knife and just stab him and just write down the word scum on his chest yeah. and, and and we generally thought he we generally thought like at the beginning of it oh he's dead now yeah because when you see that scene the first like stab that goes in that looks like it would kill him because it's like really seems deep it's deep it? it's a deep cut like legit yeah Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. By that point, they, he, he bumps back into the hooker again and they go to the apartment and gives him a, gives him a jumper. Uh, yeah. that gives him a bear jumper. I, I, there's some things that I think are really nice and subtle, but I think we might miss the bigger picture. Mm. Like, for example, they reference bears a lot. Yeah, that went over my head. I don't understand yeah, I don't all know. the all the reference of bears. How she, why she likes bears so much? Don't know why. Uh, the gift. <laughs> that's, a, that's a point. Where... No, sometimes we, like we've said before, we're watching like Troll Two. We, sometimes we overanalyze. Sometimes there might not be a reason for that. There might know? not be a reason. <laughs> it's like, oh, she just likes bears. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I just want to go to the zoo. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> get to that. Oh, I just want to go to the zoo and see the bears with you. <laughs> oh, that's that's a romantic date right there. After all the shit. I fall asleep now. You hear me? There's one more thing I have to do. No, I just, I just want to go to the zoo and and see the bears with you. Don't leave, don't leave. Bears don't belong in the zoo. So they get to know each other, get acquainted, and he gets he gets to sleep in a bed in a, after a long time, and he looks really fucking comfortable in that jumper, this bear jumper, <laughs> looking so snug. <laughs> he looks so comfy uh, to the point that he, I, I'm convinced that he was legitimately falling asleep. Joe, the only way to top that would be if he was in a bear onesie. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> he should have looked like a giant human teddy bear. <laughs> I just go like say, you comfy? Yes. <laughs> it's got it. Maybe got a hot water bottle as well. Like, <laughs> got a mug of cocoa and all sorts. It's like, are you comfy? <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and the thing is, imagine all that while he's doing his mini monologue about bears. Mm. So he's talking like saying like, bears are lone creatures. But also at the same time, like, you know, you don't want to piss them off. <laughs> so yeah. If a bear gets a taste of human blood, it becomes a killer. Like, <laughs> he only wants to go kill, like, men or something like that. Yeah, and the thing is, like, but when, by the time he says that, he's dozing off. So he just looks like, this is a f- fucking bears. This is a... <laughs> Which is the, the funny thing is that she was like, oh, I, d- I didn't know bears were, like, dangerous. It's like, hey, oh, bears are pretty dangerous. It's common knowledge. <laughs> They're fucking bears. <laughs> I don't know, bears were dangerous. Okay. <laughs> Did you always see a teddy bear and go, oh, they all must be this cuddly? I think she's just watched too much Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh and, what was it? Care Bears. Yeah. Oh, I used to watch Care Bears as a kid. I just think, imagine that you just, she just thought Care Bears, that's literally all the kind of bears there are. <laughs> At this point, it's been about 20 minutes in, and our hobo hasn't got a shotgun yet. No. So he goes to the crazy guy with the camera, who's mm. like, who, he's, he's like a sadist, and we don't know what the fuck he's there for. No. But he's a fucking sadist, and he's paying homeless people to do, like, nasty stuff. Uh, like, in this case, eating a 
eating broken glass and it's just disgusting it's like this guy is like the worst guy ever but that's the thing is we say he's the worst guy ever but then just wait a minute and then someone else is the worst guy ever and then we wait somewhere and then there's another worst guy ever yeah like there's a list we can we'll, we'll go for every of them eventually um so he goes out he finally gets the 50 bucks so he goes to 50 bucks goes to the pawn shop called uh what's it pawn till dawn yeah and he goes there and says like right Right, I'm finally going to buy this lawnmower. But then, obviously, with the music sort of being like very sweet and finally getting up a bit and everything's all nice. And then, fucking hell. Then, what happens? Obviously, free people start to bloody rob the place, don't they? Yeah. And it's just, it's so like, okay, right. Okay, there's people start robbing the place. And this is when he looks to the side and there's a shotgun next to him. And it's also 50 bucks. So he's contemplating, what do I do? Just staring at them like he's having like an, in- like an internal crisis about lawnmower, gun, lawnmower, gun. And obviously, what does he do? He gets a flipping shotgun and just blows everybody away. And <laughs> from I think that- so, I think in, in, I know it's a ridiculous situation and everything, but like, I, I think this character is, he, he should have like a, I've got nothing to lose kind of thought yeah. in his head. So I think it would really, I think it would take him less time to dis, to like, well, I may as well just kind of be a vigilante because I've got, I have literally got nothing to lose, but he, he's really clinging on to the whole lawnmower thing for a while, isn't he? Yeah, he's holding on to it. Like he's holding on to it. He's crying into it. It's like, God, I really want this lawnmower. <laughs> this is my favorite thing. I want this. And then he's just like, but I can't just leave this crazy person who's holding a gun to a baby. <laughs> <laughs> like the baby's a threat, like or something. It's like shut up, motherfucker. <laughs> what? Okay, and so he finally gets a shotgun and blows everybody away. And you know, and by this, oh, point- that is so cool. When the the is it the first one? He blows him into a load of VHS tapes. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Like, it's like that, it's such an eighties thing, you know. That that should be our poster for the future. That should just be us, a man getting blown, <laughs> blown to smithereens for a pile of VHS tapes. Yeah. It's so uplifting at this point, isn't it? It's like he's finally getting that lawnmower. It's like it's quite a sort of a contrast now again. It's like it goes from very horrible, like nasty stuff going on to like this movie's kind of schizophrenic. Like, it'll do something really gruesome and nasty, then something really funny, and then something really sweet. And they are all legitimately all these things. But it's like, I'm getting whiplash. (laughs) (coughs) Why does he want the Lord Mayor so much? Because he can finally then save up money and have his own business. I think he wants to say, like, finally have a lawnmower. I can feel like a human being. Until a bunch of guys come in with guns and machetes. <laughs> He's pointing a gun at the baby. This guy, this guy, he is a great babysitter. Now what's he do? That shotgun's fifty dollars. Yes! 
Why is it loaded? <laughs> oh, of course, you know, we load up the guns right there. Oh, man, right in the VHS tapes. Ugh. You. Hey, guns! Get the change. <laughs> Great. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think that's the reaction anyone would have had if they saw that. Holy shit. So now he's got his shotgun and everything is now officially on full blast mode. He goes on a rampage and literally just like you expect, he goes around and shoots every bad guy and we can go through the list. He finally goes and kills pedophile Santa which is the most ridiculous person, I think. Um, he kills the he kills the film. He, he shoots the filmmaker by and then tells him to eat his own tape. Yeah, it uh, must be so satisfying. Oh, that was when I saw that. I'm going, yes, eat that tape, motherfucker, eat that tape. Um, so he goes, eats the tape. Um, then there is this weird ass shit where there's there's two guys playing poker or snorting cocaine with three women being beaten up and hanging yeah like meat and it's never been introduced before and you never see this again we have no idea what the fuck this is yeah and Rodger Howard just comes in and just blows them away yeah just some crazy I mean there are bits where there's there's stuff going on in the background that's very distracting <laughs> yeah this happens a lot yeah throughout the entire movie when something serious is happening and this is this like three or four times we've noticed this. Something very serious has happened, like there's a very serious conversation or something. There is some random ass shit mm. <laughs> just happening behind them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is happening? Meanwhile, there is. A- Basically, topless piñata happening in the background. It's so good. The amount of like the, the brainstorming that must have gone on in terms of like, well, we're gonna have some crazy stuff going on in this movie. What what can you think of? And like, they, they've thought there was someone. There's some really creative stuff going on. Like, I know, right? Like. It's like the most horrible things you can imagine happen, don't they? And, and, and half of them are like in the background or just randomly appear, and you're thinking, God, what's this town is fucked. Like, totally fucked up. All the chaos is happening. Rudger House finally going through it. He's beating all up and so on and so forth. And so the, the Drake, who Drake is basically going to say, you need to scare the living hell out of these people because they're now starting to believe how that one man with a shotgun... Which actually shows that he's actually quite... It's quite piss easy to take over a town, right? You just get one man and a shotgun mm. can take over all the crime in the city. And it's like... So he does, like, probably one of the most nastiest things in the movie. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, no, it's just... I mean, the thing is with this movie, it's like, you, you know horrible stuff's going to happen. And, but, and you think, well, how can it get any worse? But then, yeah, they just go... They, they, there's a school bus for the kids. They just go in with flamethrowers and just... Kit, like burn all these kids. I will admit that was really the way that was delivered up to that point is really funny and literally tortures the entire fucking yeah. bus with Disco Inferno playing in the background. It's just horrible. <laughs> but his expression was amazing. 
kids like school. Hey, I asked you a question. Do you kids like school? Yeah! What about ice cream? Do you kids like ice cream? Yeah! <laughs> and bicycles? <laughs> and hobos! I hate hobos! It's finally escalated, and they basically go onto the news. They go onto the news and kill a guy with a fucking ice skate. Yeah, and go and say like, right, we have an ultimatum: kill every single homeless person ever. If you can kill all the homeless people for us, you know this town will be safe. Everything will be ours. And Drake comes in with all these women, and you can have all my women. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes on the bloody rampage and everything goes to pot. And so he's trying to... So that this is where the plot starts getting... This is where the plot starts ramping up and starts getting more yeah. and more. Because not only has he got, like, is the is Rook House character got the uh, criminals to contend with, he's got, like, the general public that now want to kill all those. <laughs> Who are literally an angry mob. Yeah. They have pitchforks. <laughs> literally pitchforks and torches and everything else. They're literally, like, going, ah... As it were, and they're going batshit, and they're about to escape, and then this is where, and this is where, then then the brothers go back and try and beat him up with what Ivan does it with ice skates, mm. and the other guy does it with like a flipping so creative though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, ice skates. This is the thing. I'll say one thing about this movie: every single death is incredibly creative. Like if you think you can kill someone in one way, this movie will say, "Hold my beer." I'll uh, I'll chop this one up for you. Why? Ah! 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 That's. That's a bit much. Ah! He's walking out. He's extra toasty. It's like it's cartoon-like at times, isn't it? Like oh, that was, yeah. It's all, oh god, I can't. Oh, it's so distracting. Oh my god, it is the most over-the-top thing. Oh my god. And so they have this sort of battle where Slick finally dies by getting a shotgun to the penis. <laughs> Slick finally dies by getting a shotgun to the penis. Yeah. And so, God, it sounds so weird every time I say it. This is the thing. It's, <laughs> it's getting worse. Every time it's I like talk about duct it. taped. Like, he's got his shotgun duct taped to his penis. Again, creative. <laughs> but it's so weird to say. Like, so he gets a duct... He's get, he gets a shotgun to the penis, getting duct tape. And the other guy, uh, Ivan, gets electrocuted with a toaster with an ice skate. And he, he gets half his body, like, burned to a crisp. <laughs> he's just like... And he's like... He made me come. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he gets off on this shit. <laughs> oh my 
god, it's so fucking ridiculous. Oh, it's awesome. It's. It, I think what I love about this movie in general that it gives literally no fucks. Everyone swears. Everyone cusses. Everyone's direct. Yeah. Everyone just sort of is one hundred percent on board on this, and that's what makes it so great. Oh, oh god! Have you gone to the point now that the movie's so violent that whenever you do something violent, you no longer feel like phased by it anymore? Desensitized. You're actually desensitized as the movie goes on. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, there's blood in this. Oh, homeless people burnt. You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. It it needs to totally top itself in order to be shocking now. Like, really, like, oh, my God. Where are you? What happened? It shot my dick off! God! Don't show it! I think, to be honest, though, a shotgun that close range, it would blow a hole in that area. Not, it would blow your bottom half off, wouldn't it, really? It, it would just be like a gaping hole yeah. from his front to his butt. <laughs> Okay. That's the bus to hell, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And eventually Slick's like sitting oh the Slick's sitting in the in the in the phone booth and he sits back and he realizes that death is coming for him. I love that actually. It's like the bus to hell. <laughs> that was so awesome! And then you see him there going, No! No! <laughs> and it's, and again, I like, can think like <laughs> And that's the only kind of moment, actually, that was, like, really sort of, like, like, let's take you out of this moment to be almost supernatural, because nothing else was supernatural in this yeah. movie. You could almost, one. like, picture Freddy Krueger on that bus, like, in Freddy's, Freddy, like, 2, isn't it? Like, I would love if, I love if, I love it if Freddy, it's like, you just sort of, like, Freddy Krueger come out and says, like, it's time for your ride, slick. <laughs> All this happens, um, slick dies, Ivan now is on is the only brother left, mm. and he's now on again. He's on a bit. Of, he's on, he's on a vengeance quest to redeem himself, and so it's a like right. And then Drake goes to like right. My favorite son is dead. And he says it right in front of his other fucking kid as well. He doesn't give two shits. No. <laughs> I think we know by that point that, that he doesn't give a shit about anything. Pretty like, much, other than that son. Other than that son, <laughs> who was an asshole anyway. Yeah. They're both assholes, but that one's like a real asshole. Now, here's an interesting thing, actually. I was just looking up on some facts. Drake, was there was quite a few people who were in the role for Drake, mm. but there was one person who they were this close to getting, and I think as a, as a wrestling fan, I think you'll like this. Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, my God. I would have lo- loved that. I know! Imagine just Jake the Snake, just the way he looks like that, just go like, what am I fucking dead? <laughs> Need all these fucking homeless people dead? Playing around with a snake. <laughs> but I reckon they probably would have loved to have Jake as well, but Jake's a very unreliable uh, guy nowadays, isn't he? Yeah, he's kind of... He's always messed up, isn't he? Yeah. It's, yeah it's, it was a little bit off the rails for a while. Yeah. I think now he's sober, thank God for mm. him. But I think, like, I think the movie needed another caricature. Because yeah. I mean by caricature is, like, you've already got actors playing caricatures. Because all the bad guys are, like, literally the most ridiculous thing ever. Every bad guy... From the uh, from the from Peter Santa to hobo filmmaker to the weird like coke dens, the pimps, they're all ridiculous cartoons. But mm. I think we need a person, an actual person 
who isn't Rutger Hauer, who you can see and go like, holy shit, yeah. that would work. And I think I would have been more on board with the rest of it. Because other than that, you barely recognize, you barely go with, you don't really go full 100% with Drake. No, because it's like normally in a, in a movie, you get, your your hero is, mm. is a known person and your antagonist is someone you know as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it was missing something. Mm. Like, I felt like it really needed that little extra something. Yeah. Just so, therefore, the movie was more fun. Like, I'm saying, I'm not saying the movie isn't fun. The movie is has its moments, which is like, holy shit. W- whoa. Mm. Fist pump, you know, and all that stuff. Summon the plague. Tell them to bring me that hobo. Now this is my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah, my my favorite part is the plague as well. Like, I just they're introduced so late, but they're really really charismatic characters. It's like wow, these guys are amazing. <laughs> All right, you have okay. Describe who the plague are because they're very. Well, I, they kind of almost seem like they're robots. They talk like robots. They're in suits of armor. <laughs> Uh, and they just got like like a, a, a collection of weaponry, and they're just really good with weapons, and they're really creative with their kills, and they just like seem untouchable, unbeatable, and just like like sort of action figures, aren't they? Like, yeah, they're like Terminators, yeah. like pretty much. Uh, they're full, they're full blown like knights armor almost, and they sound like robots, like you were saying, yeah. like they're like robot gear, irreplaceable. <laughs> Oh my god! It's like no replaceable. Sorry, replaceable. Not, yeah, not irreplaceable. No, no the Jesus. opposite. The opposite. Yeah. opposite of that. Um, so we got these two robots, basically, yeah. who look like they walked off the set of Mad Max. Um, just like dry- medieval Mad Max. Medieval, Ma- oh, perfect. They're medieval Mad Max like goons. They're driving on motorcycles with a coffin behind them. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Warm. I think of any robots. <laughs> Sounds like a Dalek. Warm. Ah. Oh. thing is though these, these like the nurses and docs they're not even really getting in the way they're just they're just kind of like there and it's like just... oh no and just like bam the, so the so the two robots go in destroy the place nurses doctors anyone that gets in the way and sometimes people they're not even in the way they're just kind of there and they just now i'm gonna kill you in a really gruesome way <laughs> just grab them and they grab them, like, they put it like, on a noose and just launch them, like, into the fucking ceiling. Yeah. I mean, that was really cool. And I think that moment when the plague arrive is such a good, like, injection of, like, fun. Yeah. Because the movie was starting to get to a point it was not going to be coming fun. It was becoming just nasty. Yeah. And so the moment these two robots appear out of fucking nowhere, one that doesn't speak but sounds like a fucking, like, Dalek. Yeah. 
Wow. It just makes like, this is like loads of sci-fi sound effects. Wow. Wow. You see, it, again, the homage to the 80s stuff, it all sounds like synth noise. Yeah. So they go, finally they so we go back again quickly and all this and they capture they capture him, they capture yeah. Rutger Hauer, who does an amazing speech. Uh I think that's supposed <laughs> to be a bunch of babies. <laughs> This, I think, was the speech that when they were doing it and they were writing it the first time around, I think this was going to be like, this is this is going to be your Blade Runner speech monologue moment. I'm writing this down for you. This is, I think it's almost a new speech. This is, this is your speech, right? And while it was awesome, I think it was a really, really fucking cool speech, you're distracted because the babies start crying more. It's comical, isn't it? You yeah, know. the babies start crying more and more and more. Asa told them like, where like this crazy homeless guy holding a shotgun, saying like, you know, when you grow up, you're all gonna be whores. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be all junkies. You're, you're shooting up dope, <laughs> shooting up dope on this with dirty needles in a bus stop. Oh my god. <laughs> or you might end up like me, and then he gets close to the window. And push his face. Oh, I with a shotgun. And that's like cringe that he says the title of the movie. That's always a bit cringy in movies, you know, when yeah. that character, at some point, a character goes, I'm going to just announce the title of the movie. <laughs> title drop. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago, I was one of you. They're all brand new. No mistakes, no regret. People look at you and think of how wonderful your future will be. They want you to be something special, like a, a doctor or a lawyer. I hate to tell you this, but if you grow up here, you're more likely to wind up selling your bodies on the streets. They're shooting dope from dirty needles in a bus stop. And if you're successful, you'll make money selling junk to crackheads. And you won't think twice about killing someone's wife. Because you won't even know what was wrong in the first place. Um, maybe... Up like me, a hobo with a shotgun. I hope you can do better. You are the future. So yeah, so he does that awesome speech, and then obviously the robots come in and take him away, and they shove him in the back of a coffin. Yeah, been tugged away like like a. Full, but full force, a full fucking speed. And this is another like Western type thing. You know, like in Westerns when they attach like like a rope to the their the, uh, like a the leg or something of it, and then drag them along the dirt. Like. Yeah, but I think that that totally slipped my mind. Yeah. I never realised that. Mm. It's a little bit like you put every single movie that you think of when you think of this kind of grindhouse and put it all into a blender. Yeah, and. And you get and and you just blend it in, but instead of like picking out the best bits, he just told you just to fucking chug it and hope to God that everything stays in there instead of throwing half of this shit out. When was this made? Uh, 2011. Mm. So it's fairly recent this version, but it already looks and sounds like one of these bizarre like um, 
like Italian westerns. Yeah, it's like, well, I suppose people like Tarantino uh, inspired a lot of these kind of. Oh, movies. totally. Yeah, because uh, obviously more uh, like a more recent in- inspiration anyway. Because obviously the the original in pure Technicolor. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the it, original you know B movies of the seventies and eighties, obviously the original inspiration, but like. Tarantino sort of relaunched all that and say like you know these movies were secretly awesome just no one's seen them so we kind of need to thank um, we kind of need to thank Tarantino for bringing back the love of Grindhouse basically yeah it's something we have to talk about as well quickly because we haven't had a chance to it's the the soundtrack because it's it's good but the the only thing like, like I've mentioned when we're watching it there's some like a lot of inconsistencies. It's not like if it, it doesn't like uh, it's not all like a synth soundtrack, which the, would the, have been awesome for this. Uh, there's now and again you've got some like random like sort of uh, orchestral music going mm. in there, like uh, and then you've got sort of bits of like TV movie type <laughs> <laughs> uh, music, and it's so there's a lot of inconsistencies with the score and lots of other things going on. The whole movie's uh, schizophrenic, though. Yeah. So I think it matches the the craziness of the movie in mm. general, but it's it is a little bit like whiplash. Mm. Like you you listen to something and one you've got like this sudden really cool synth wave noise, and there's some really awesome synth wave tracks in this movie. Yeah, and and then suddenly it's pan pan flutes. Yeah. And you're like okay, and then it sounds like something out of a western. Mm. Like, okay, yeah, the, the opening is certainly like Western, like isn't mm. it? Yeah, it's like a proper spaghetti Western mm. opening. Um, you know, him on the freight train, all the bright colors, and the, even the text feels a little bit like that. Yeah. So, but it's like literally like a shot in the chest every time music or scene changes. Mm. Christ, that's a bit. Calm down, chill. Movie the end. The ending. What do you think of the ending of the movie? Uh. Well, it it just it I don't know I, I kind of I, I think it ends fairly well like, lots of wrapped up yeah I like the the sequence like mm. if all eventually eventually all like the the the, the general public are mm. uh, standing up for themselves and standing up for the the, the hobo with a shotgun yeah. and they're turning against like the the cops which is mm. like which is which is great and uh, it, so and it kind of it's a good climax yeah. And then it just—I love the way. I mean, it just cuts off, doesn't it? And then the '80s music kicks in. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. Because by this point, what it feels like is obviously Rudger Hauer is now getting involved in the manhole mm. death thing. He's about to get involved by having robot number one about to drag his head off. But then Abby comes in, who looks fucking badass by this point. Mm. Like she's got the thing, she's got the shotgun, she's got the lawnmower that she's about to just grind people down with and kills one of the robots. Yeah. Like mm. by just shredding all the armor off into bits. With the, was that with the lawnmower? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's just the bot- base of the lawnmower, isn't it? Like, yeah. That she's got some kind of like it's like almost like a, a shield. Like it looks like a shield. Yeah. But it's got the, the, the lawnmower blade in it. Which is really fucking cool. Like it's a really cool bit. But it's a shame because that part's only used once. Uh, at least in terms of that effect by her. Yeah. Um it then gets weirder and nastier. Cause then Drake goes, grabs her. And everyone's trying to, and it, basically everyone's foiling each other's plans, but they're all foiling each other's plans like really fucking quickly. Mm. And I think the movie then ends uh, a little before the ending with probably the nastiest 
sort of like gruesome, gory moment. I think out of the entire movie, really, it's the bit the where fingers, yeah, yeah, Abby's fingers get shoved into the lawnmower, and it's like it's not even being subtle about it. I know this movie is not subtle in any way, but like <laughs> the subtlety but, is not. But a word sometimes for some of the gore <laughs> it, it it cuts away, then you see it or something like that. But in that case. Every moment is on camera. Like you the see, hand was getting closer, yeah. and we all knew what was coming. And then suddenly, you see her face like ah, and then suddenly, just fucking fingers flying. Her hand turns into a bony stump. Yeah, and that, and that looks very. That's one of the moments where it looks realistic, doesn't it? Like, it looked where, nasty. Yeah. Uh, it was too much. I think that was a bit too much. And so she goes and gets like, and just stabs Drake multiple times. With her spiky bone stump. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, no. 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 Uh, oh! That looked gross. Oh, even the audience there is like, that's fucked up. And they're here to see a murder show. Oh, it's a fucking stump. Yes! That's what I call bad to the bone. Did she stab him with her sharp, like, a butt bone, basically? Yes! She's just, I've got a stump, but I know how to use it. But there are, there's definitely, there was definitely a time, but nearly by the end of the movie, where literally all this is happening, all the police arrive, all the bad, all, all everyone, t- all the the town, and everyone else turns on the cops, mm. and everyone just sh- fucking shoots everything. Yeah, it ends so abruptly, and you know the eighties music just suddenly pops off, and by the end of it, you don't really feel like you got any closure. You're just like, there it is. Yeah, and you're like, I mean, I do. Like I said, though, I do like the fact that. Because the whole town seems like they're just on board with this. With is it, it's Drake, isn't it? Yeah. Like they just seem like they're yeah. We'll go along with it because I, we can't do anything about it. Yeah. But all of a sudden, they they are doing something about it. They're, they're turning on him, and yeah. uh, that that's a good point for it to end. I think. But like, yeah, yeah. It and it, but it, it is a very. It does end like in an exclamation mark. It's like saying, Dirt. "It's like literally a shootout where literally blood and guts, loads of people die. You know, uh, Rudger Howe is lying on the ground." You know, spoilers, he does die in this. Or at least we think so. And it just pans up towards a shotgun. And you're thinking like, ooh, okay. We're going to then cut to like something more dramatic. And then suddenly just... And you're like... It's probably feel-good 80s music. I know! God. Everyone just dies in a... In a blaze of glory. Music. (laughs) I'm telling you, oh god, it's 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 so uplifting. Like if you'd seen the movie before this and just heard this, you'd go to a club going, "Cool, man." Yeah. But it ends mercifully in that point, right there and then, and allows you just to laugh everything off. Like everything was a joke. Like you sit back going, "Oh, relief! You finally got that moment of relief, even though it's not closure." Mm. I felt like. Finally, I can breathe. Yeah. I don't have to sit there anxiously waiting about what the next batch of crazy things about to happen next. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, there are, there are moments to breathe in it where it's like, 
because we, we've said like when we're, we're watching it, it's like a schizophrenic movie. There's moments where it's kind of sweet and stuff, and you kind of you, you're not kind of like then you're kind of like going, oh, you can't oh, those particular moments, and you can calm down for a bit, can't you? Yeah. But at the same time, it's really jarring the fact that it's gone from like chaos to like this really sweet kind it's, of. Moment. It's literally like someone shouting in your face and then suddenly just giving you a hug and a whisper, going like, "I'm so sorry for that." But it reminds me of kind of something like, you know, like The Last House on the Left. And you've got like yes! the weird oh my com- God. The weird com- comedy cops and stuff. Oh, my God. Actually, the way we're talking, that, that's exactly what this is. Yeah. It's like Last House on the Left by Wes Craven. It's, there are three things about that movie that always bug me. Like, so, like, Last House on the Left is iconic, but I don't actually think it's a good movie. I think mm. it's just... It's trashy, and, but not in a good way. Um, so you have half... You have all the rapey murder sequences that are really uncomfortable to watch. Then you have the soundtrack that is, looks like clearly coming out of, like, Woodstock. That is so jarring. And then you've got the bumbling cops in between. Yeah. And you're sitting there going like, okay, so now there's, there's rape and murder. Bubbly cops. Ooh, we're so chill now. And this movie's exactly the same. And that's an example of, like, uh, just immaturity as a director, I think, yeah. at the time. Like, because he... He was obviously trying to counteract with the the whole nastiness with like you know well I need to like calm him down in yeah. between, but maybe not done that in in the correct way. Yeah, you know? but like and and obviously in this movie it's a bit the tone is completely different, but it's it's similar kind of feeling though, isn't it? The fact that oh you've totally got, yeah you've got like the crazy gore going on, and then you've just got this sweet scene where he's just looking after this girl and like you know you know they're sharing a bed and it's lovely and they're talking about growing grass and cutting it down and yeah. having a job and they're like oh dear what's happening next <laughs> Anyone who likes sort of like horror comedy type, like Evil Dead type movies, yes, totally, would would love this film. Mm. Um, and uh, but any anyone else won't like this film. Like, yeah, no it's one like, else it's will. Really, really blunt, but like that is pretty much it. Yeah, like, and so you, I definitely recommend it to anyone who lo- who loves those crazy, gory, funny mo- movies. Yeah, yeah, because it's like it's like Evil Dead two levels of gore. Yeah, um, but I think even more so because it's just ridiculous because it's so relentless. It's like it's like being hit with a brick over mm. and over again every five minutes. Yeah, it's a roller coaster ride that makes you that really makes you wish you could just like pause it for a minute just to reevaluate that you just saw someone's like you saw some, someone just got cut open by a razor blade baseball bat. Yeah, and you're like, okay, so yeah, I think. This movie is like a burning bus. Mm. <laughs> it's 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 like it's like watching a car crash where you 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 can't you really shouldn't be watching it for so long, but you're so infatuated by how bad it is getting. It's like a pileup. It keeps going and going and going yeah. and going. And by the end of it, when finally the last car finally hits the pile, and you're like, "Are there any more cars? Mm. No. Oh, thank God." That was awesome to look at. I actually have a high level level of respect for the fact that it 
starts so high and manages to keep it up, like manages to keep keep you guessing, keep like, well, now, how can it top it? And it does, like it's, it keeps it's great, yeah. going, going, mm. and like literally, I think the best way it's like a, it's the hold my beer movie. If you think like, oh, you think that's going to be worse? There is worse. There's more coming. There's more gore. There's more weirdness. There's more moments you have to pause and reevaluate what you just watched. <laughs> you call that a knife? <laughs> this is a knife. In this case, in this case, it's, it's you call that a knife. This is a bus full of burning children. <laughs> like that though isn't it (laughs) ending with talking robots beating down a homeless man with a a manhole cover on his head so yeah so yeah um, so that was Hobo with a Shotgun a movie that is so batshit crazy that we now need that we I think I'm gonna need some wine sit in a corner and reflect about the world so right so Move on next time round. We'll next time round. We've got something quite. We'll have something more mad and crazy and funky for the next time round. We've got. We're hoping to keep this going. I really hope you guys like this episode, and we'll keep in tune. So, so that so to end it all, guys, keep an eye on your trash. There might be something good in there. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> has been an enigmatic production. It's hosted by Yohansh Paul and music by Edward Harvey. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the podcast. We are on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Buzzsprout. Share it, like it, write a review. For more information on our other projects, check out our website, www.enigmaticproductions.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it around with movie lovers you know, maybe add a star rating or write a good review. All of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics. Want to find out more about us? Then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles. Cinephiles.